how to deal with the experience required paradox for those entering the information security field. Hello and welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring how to deal with the experience required paradox for those entering information security. And with me today to do that is Jerry Bell of the Defensive Security Podcast. Jerry, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on. So let's let's get to the topic at, at large here. How do you deal with experience acquired paradox that we see on so many security job postings? You know that that's been a an interesting question, and you know I, I've been asked that quite a lot lately, and that was in fact what what uh, wrote me to write something up about this. And so uh, I think in many respects it's dependent on your particular situation and so what I've what I found is that there are a couple of different uh, kinds of people who are asking these questions of me at least and uh, I, I would say by far the most common is uh, uh, people who are in other kinds of IT roles specifically uh, help desk or desk side support or uh, maybe even some kind of system administration type of role. And I think depending on where you're coming at it from, the barrier to entry and that experience required obstacle is is going to look a a little different. So for instance, there are some who are coming at it from an entirely different field, like, um, you know, manufacturing or, uh, who knows law or what have you. And if you are coming at it from, from that perspective, uh, you, you really are going to have a, a, I think a challenge in drawing parallels between your, your particular experience and maybe the kinds of roles that you want to have. Uh, One of the things that I think uh, just kind of start out of the gate with is I, I see quite often times people targeting uh, too high a level of a job as a start, right? And so um, you, may, you may be in, uh, in, in an IT type of role, and obviously uh, right now information security is the, the hot place to mm-hmm. be. And you know, we, we all want to, everybody wants to get into that, into that game, uh, and, and so we'll go start looking at uh, job posts that look really interesting. And the, the, the one really common, uh, I'll, I'll say tactical mistake is uh, trying to, you know, setting your, setting your sights too high uh, at the beginning, right? And so uh, one of the things that I, I would say, having, having now thought about this quite a lot and, and giving some guidance to people, is making sure that you you really have a practical expect, expectation for what you're going after. And so uh, just to make that real, I've had quite a few people send me job descriptions and it'll be, uh, um, you know, let's say a senior level architect and it requires <laughs> six, six to ten years of experience. And and they'll ask, well, Jerry, how do I, you know, how do I close that loop? I don't have the experience, so I can't get the job to get the experience. And I think that's, in a way, the wrong way to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you know, if you're coming into this field new, 
you, you're probably going to need to, you know, aim a little more at the at a maybe not entry level, but closer to entry level. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, and that was going to be my question is too is 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 are you. Are, are you seeing a lot of these on like entry level posi- positions, or is it mostly you know people are just shooting too high? Um, I, I will tell you, almost everyone. Uh, I, I can't really think of any exceptions off the top of my head. Almost everyone has come at it shooting too high, okay. and and so I think that I think it's it's a very common issue that drives this particular question. You know, you see this very large requirement for experience and you know I don't have that experience how am I going to get the experience to get the job and you know the, the thing that I've, I've started the metaphor I've tried to start explaining is you can't go into a company and apply for the CFO job or you know <laughs> oh, the, con- the controller you can't well, you can't yeah. Can't apply, right? Right, absolutely. But you might just not get that call. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the point is that just like you know, even though it is well said that uh, information security has negative on un- negative unemployment, meaning that there are more jobs than people, mm-hmm. uh, there's still a requirement that the people right. they are hiring have the skills that they need. And so, just like in the CFO or the finance metaphor, a company isn't going to hire someone who was a security person to come and be their controller. It's just, that's not how, how it happens. You know, if that's your career path, you kind of need to map out from, you know, where you're at to where you want to be. Absolutely. So that, I think that's one of the fundamental tenets to understand, at least from my experience. Yeah, well, and, and drawing on my experience, I, you know, like you were saying, you don't necessarily have to shoot for entry level, but like mid level, um, you can, if, especially if you've worked in IT, you've almost had to have dealt with security in some aspects. And I, I, I've gone back through my resume, even to my time in the Navy, and I was given an award for, you know, doing patches and security updates <laughs> and stuff. But that was like security wasn't my main role, but you can pull like little things out of uh, just general IT work. Absolutely, and one of the things I, I, I said in, in the thing I wrote here is that almost any IT job you can you can imagine is going to have some parallel that you can draw. And so one of the you know one of the things that, that we have to be cognizant of when we're applying for a job is it's like a it's like a sales deal. You know, you're you need to you need to convince or, or at least convey how your experience, your previous experiences are applicable and inform your ability to do the job that you're applying for. And so uh, to your point, you know, you may not have done that particular thing before, but you have, you have been responsible for patches or you were a developer that had to, you know, look for bugs or look for either in your, your code or in someone else's code. And so, you know, look, Kind of look through those you know, previous experiences again, particularly if you're in IT. Uh, I think that's a great, you know, great thing um, that you need to do. And you, you know, that kind of goes along with the whole concept of um, most of everything we're going to talk about tonight is building your brand, right? You need to th- mm-hmm. think of yourself as a brand and. You know, your previous experiences are some of the features of your brand, and you need to figure out how 
to build a message around those experiences that are you know strategically aligned with where you want to go. Okay. So how, how do you build your brand? Or what are some of the things that you can do to build your brand? Well, so uh, there's there's quite a lot of opportunities. And I, I solicited some input from the, the community and got a lot of good ideas. Um, there's a couple of really obvious ones, like blogging. So um, I think lots of security people... Uh, are are prolific bloggers, uh, including me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, podcasts. Uh, running a podcast <laughs> is a it, you know I, I know it's it's a it's a silly thing, right? But right. it's materially contributing to you know the betterment of the industry, hopefully. Um, and uh, you, you're kind of establishing yourself as a you know a, as a somewhat of an authority, right? And so it's yet again another thing that you can list off I you know I have a security blog I have a security podcast or those sorts of things um, there's I think a few others volunteering at security conferences right so there's a you know it, it, depending on where you live right there's usually some form of a security conference going on uh, either either it's ISSA or OWASP, or you know the, the B sides. Mm-hmm. There's there's quite a lot of different possibilities, and if you uh, if you volunteer for those, either to work it or to speak at one and present, you know those those go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think uh, one of the biggest benefits out of those is that it's an easy way to allow you to get into networking within this security community. Exactly. It's a that's a really important point, I think, uh, t- to touch on is that a lot of, and this has certainly been true for me from a personal perspective, and I've seen it happen many times um, in in acquaintances and friends. Uh, the you know the the sought after jobs are not often filled buy job postings on monster.com or glassdoor.com or what have you, right? You know, they're, they're filled by the, the people who are attending the local ISSA chapter meeting or, you know, the mm-hmm. B-Sides event. Networking is so critically important. And it, by the way, it's something I don't do very well. So it's pot, kettle, black, all that, you know. Right. We got a podcast, so I'm sure that helps out with it. it you know, and I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, um, that is actually what, one of the main reasons I started the podcast because, you know, I'm an introvert by nature. And so it kind of forced me to, you know, to be out in the public eye. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's an important thing um, for, for people looking to get in, into the industry is kind of look internally and, and identify things like that that might be self-governing and look for ways to kind of offset that. So like like for me, it was starting the podcast and that kind of forces me to, you know, to be out there mm-hmm. uh, in the public. So I think that's good. Um, I, I mentioned a little, little bit, but giving talks mm-hmm. is a phenomenal way to build your brand, to establish a reputation and also to just better yourself, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. So the the process of conceiving up a, a topic, you know, gathering uh, 
support from your ISSA chapter or mm-hmm. a B-Sides event, you know, that's very important. The, the, the research and presentation development is very important. The experience with presenting, just presenting is a huge, you know, it's a very, very powerful thing. Right. Well, and I'll say like a lot of these consult these sexy consulting gigs that you hear about in InfoSec are going to require some some sort of presentation skill um, and speaking skill too. Oh, absolutely, and writing. Right. I, yep. I, I think um, that is it's it's probably one of the unfortunately one of the least talked about aspects you know mm-hmm. when if you, so if you're a pen tester everybody wants to be in offensive security right now pen testing is hot it's sexy it's, <laughs> it's where everybody wants to be but what a lot of people don't talk about is a huge part of that job is communications it's writing reports it's it's you know mm-hmm. summarizing things in a way that's consumable by the client you're not going to just run up you know a bunch of different pen test tools and plunk down, a, you know, the the raw output. You know, you you have to synthesize that. That's the value that you that you bring. And I'll also tell you, from a branding perspective, how you write and what you write are the world's interpretation of you before they ever have a chance to meet you. Right. So you just keep that in mind. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll give you know for so for so for new people getting into infosec and, and trying to get you know I think it'd be good if you can write about uh, some of the infosec things, but you know take a topic maybe you have a hobby or something else that you like that you can write about like write about that. So uh, before I got into security, I was I'm a big baseball fan and I signed I was asked to write for a baseball blog, and that has done wonders for my writing. Uh, not only. Uh, just personally, but you know, I've had my CIO while working for the security team tell me that he he thought my writing was a lot better than some of the other people I worked with. Um, so, and I th- so I think that's just right is is just a good way of uh, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be infosec to to improve that skill. Absolutely, and that's another thing that, by the way, blogging I think gives you right is it it it, it forces you to refine your writing style and it gives you kind of a I won't say a penalty-free place to do that. You know, your blog ultimately is uh, part of you know an extension of your presence right. online. And and by the way, I I want to expand that thought a little bit and say, keeping in mind, we got more to talk about for sure. But keeping in mind, when you apply for a job, and it, I I don't even care if it's not infosec anymore, your prospective employers are looking you up online, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, it was a very interesting. I went to uh, uh, my my kids are in uh, middle school and high school, and I recently went to uh, a meeting, and actually it was about athletics, and uh, and the the thing that they harped on the most was your behavior and your appearance in social media, mm-hmm. and and so uh, I, you know. You may be a great person, you may know a, a ton, you may have worked really hard, but if you come across as you know as, as an offensive and um, <laughs> insufferable or, or you know spoiled person, it you know you're gonna have your, your work cut out for you because they may not even call you back. Right, and that all goes back to like you said, you're branding yourself. So anything you put online is gonna be branding yourself. There, are, 
there are times where I've wanted to, you know, say certain things online, but I realize, you know, this is searchable and this this is also undeletable. You just go back and look at, you know, archive.org and, and several other things. You say something stupid, that's going to get screenshot and it's going to be on the internet forever. Oh, you you bet. You bet. And uh, I, so I, I think that's a, that's a very important thing. And, and by the way, the flip side is also true. Know going in that your prospective employers are going to be Googling you. They're going to be looking for your blog. They're going to be looking at your Twitter timeline and and to, to the extent they can your Facebook information to you know to get a sense of what you know. And and, and while it's important not to be um, you know inflammatory, inflammatory might not be the right word. Right. I'm inflammatory a lot, but you know you you want to you don't want to. Uh, to be excluding yourself just by virtue of what you've written on those those forums, but at the same time, you have this. This is a great opportunity to show, um, you know, a prospective employer what you know what, what your contribution is. And so I think leveraging those media uh, to help people to demonstrate that you are uh, knowledgeable and helpful and and can get along play in the in the sandbox you know <laughs> and so so those are those are some really great things to keep in mind you right. know you you want again from a branding perspective you want to you want your prospective employers that kind of however they look at you to be impressed Absolutely. Yeah, you're 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 submitting an application that a hundred other people are are submitting the application, and they're looking for even the slightest thing to eliminate you from, you know, that massive pile of resumes that they have to go through. So, absolutely. That's right. I, that's right. They, nobody wants a headache. Nobody wants to hire a problem child. Right. Well, absolutely. almost no one. I won't say no one. <laughs> but, um. So so yeah, there's that. Now, it's it's been interesting because I think. When most people ask me these questions, those are the things I harp on, right? But what they're really asking is, what technologies should I learn? How do I get up to speed on, you know, on this widget? Uh, how do I how do I get better? How do I position myself technically to get into these positions? And that's it's a really interesting kind of pair, you know, uh, you know, paradoxes. Uh, an overused term on the on this podcast right now, but uh, um, <laughs> right. it's it is a, it is a bit of a paradox because uh, my most of my recommendations and many of my recommendations are actually about things that are maybe not necessarily in line with that. But having said that, uh, I, I do have some recommendations on on those. Um, so again, people. Are, are most interested in that, I think. And, and so uh, I did get some, some really great input in probably the first one, and this kind of intersects with the, it's a nice, easy segue into the, into the technology part, is certifications, right? Mm -hmm. So certifications not only demonstrate your, uh, you know, depending on the certification, your proficiency in a particular uh, domain related to security, whether it's like uh, penetration testing or mm -hmm. or incident response or something like that. Uh, but at the same time, it's also it also goes back to the personal branding because you are you know it's it's something that you can uh, hold up as a you know as evidence that you are uh, you know what you're what you're doing. And and so if if you hang out 
uh, especially on Twitter and, and maybe even hear me talk sometimes, there's a lot of dogging on certi- certificates or mm-hmm. you know, certifications, right. uh, especially things like the CISSP or the Certified Ethical Hacker. But the reality is, and, and by the way, the, the reason for that is that they're not incredibly hard certifications to get. They have a fairly low barrier of entry. Uh, however, most, I'm not going to say all by any stretch of the imagination, but many jobs um, have, if you if you look, right, they'll say, you know, CISSP preferred mm-hmm. or required, yep. you know, and I've talked to people in the past about prospective jobs and, you know, I don't have my CISSP and one of the first things they they add, the employer that the recruiter will ask is, do you have your CISSP? And then the answer is no. Would you be willing to get one? So it's a big deal. Right. It, 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 um, at least from the perspective of getting your foot in the door, certifications, I think, have some value. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you keep them in the right context, I think uh, the biggest things for certifications is that they give, at least give uh, the person some exposure and kind of set a, I guess you say a standard they have to reach. Yes, it's a test or, you know, some of them, like you said, the CISSP and CEH aren't, uh, are, are kind of mocked a little bit for their lack of uh, toughness, but they do expose people and give, you know, if, if, if anything else, it gives, it sets like a, I guess a, a low, even if it is a low bar to reach, at least uh, people are getting exposed to that. And, you know, from those certifications, you could branch out and it, it could be like a starting point for someone to explore. Absolutely. And I, and I think, by the way, that especially the CISSP is a very broad certification, covers you know, most every dimension of, of security to That's some like eight level. domains? Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. It doesn't go deep on anything. But one of the, it does a couple of things uh, that are very important. Number one is it forces you to learn the lingo, mm-hmm. um, which, which is very important. And, and the second one is it exposes you to a wide array of different aspects. And so one of the, an, another thing that uh, I, I come up with, and it, it's almost, it's usually one of the first or second questions I ask people when they ask me for help is, you know, what interests you? What, what you know, people aren't, you know, back, way back when you could have a security person, right? But now, you have a pen tester or a firewall admin or a security architect or an identity and access management architect or an incident response person or right. and and um, you know kind of understanding you, you can't be an expert in every, every one of those domains it's just not it's not workable i it's something i struggle with myself i i am I, I'm very interested in many, many things, mm-hmm. and and that uh, you you have to you have to kind of focus yourself a little bit. Clearly, you need, in my view, you need a broad understanding of the entire universe of security in order to be effective. But at the end of the day, you're probably going to specialize, right. and and starting to figure out what that specialization is going to be early on, and then using that as a way to help build a roadmap from where you're at to you know where you want to be in that specialization is very important because that's going to help drive things like a home lab right because you're going to need you're going to need to expose yourself 
to entirely different things depending on if you want to be a pen tester or if you want to be um, you know, a security architect. Um, there is certainly some overlap. However, the, there are practical differences in what you want to focus yourself on. Okay. Well, so, so what you're saying is there's, there's a lot of opportunities here to overcome experience required, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I will also say, get, just get involved for, for those people who are interested in getting into the community, right? Get involved. Yeah, start, right. start meeting people and the, find a mentor and, and again, build your, build your personal roadmap of, of where you want to go. And there's lots of people out there who, who are willing to help. Right. Yeah. And realize that that's going to probably take a little bit of time. You're not just going to instantly start, you know, have a network. It, it takes a little bit of time to build up. But yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right there. Um, back to your story about volunteering or, you know, starting up the podcast. One of my first experiences was volunteering to take pictures at a B-Sides event in Nashville. And that has actually opened uh, that as that was actually the starting point for building my network and has kind of opened uh, other opportunities. And, um, you know, it's it's I, I've met a lot of security professionals just by walking around, carrying around a camera and people talking to me about cameras. Um, so it's uh, and not saying you have to do a podcast or camera, but I, I think find something that you really enjoy doing and see if you can bring that to, to a security conference or some type of event. I, I've seen people knitting and, and doing all sorts of uh, uh, what like fabricing and you know just uh, bringing like sewing or you know any anything that you enjoy doing you can bring that to the security space there's a lot of creativity within the within the security community so, so basically non-security creative hobbies right right yeah no absolutely and you know there are football fans there are baseball fans there you know there are all sorts of you know and I've actually through my baseball blog and I've met a security professional who's the same baseball team fan as I am so it's you know it's just uh, just how those things kind of work out and and, you know, it can be connected. You don't have to do something hardcore security pen testing all the time to, to get connected with people. No, and I, I think it's it's at least as important as, you know, as the technical aspect. It, from the perspective of, of landing a job, landing a, a position, doing what you want to do, for sure. Okay. Well, anything else you'd like to mention that we haven't covered? Um. Circling back to something I, I kind of started off with, and I, I, I didn't complete one of the thoughts that I, uh, related to actually moving into the field, particularly from other fields. One of the, I think, one of the, um, the things, and this is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. If you are in a different industry and you want to move over into information security, and I think this is actually the genesis of why people are picking. Potentially, un, you know, out of their reach. The currently out of their reach jobs is that, you know, they they've often attained some level of standing in their current you know line of work, whether that's you know IT or some other some other uh, business area, and you're kind of starting over in a lot of cases, right? And and having to work your way back up, and so that can be. Um, that can be a difficult nut to crack uh, if you know if you're if you're already established and 
uh, and whatnot, and and the prospect of going back to uh, a lower a lower level position can be um, it can be problematic logistically. I mean, not even if you may even want to do it, but it could be just very difficult for you to do uh, personally. Uh, even even though I think in in many cases the you know the potential for uh, accelerated growth and and income are going to be you know, higher on the information security side. It's it's really ultimately going to be up to the person to figure out you know what's their what's their tolerance for that kind of thing. And um, the other the other thought I, I wanted to have or wanted to convey here um, is if you are interested in 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 this and take kind of the long view, one of my best recommendations is to look for Look for either consulting companies or look for small companies. You know, be the be the IT person, which includes security related duties, and and kind of grow from there. Um, that's actually one of the. That's how I started off. You know, long, 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 long time ago, <laughs> as as you know, the IT guy. For a, for a very small company, and as the IT guy, you are exposed to everything, right? So, you know, I was the programmer, I was the Unix admin, I was the security person, and when I wanted to when I want to go do something related to security, I'm you know that's that's the focus that you know what I did there, I f- I focus conveying my experiences on the things that are relevant, the security related aspects, so. That's good. I think that's I think that's uh, what I had had for you. Good, awesome. That's a and that's a good point to end on. All right. Well, you can see Jerry Bell stuff at maliciouslink.com. You've also got jerrybell.com. Uh, you can see him on Twitter at maliciouslink, and he's got a podcast <laughs> at Defensive Sec is the the Twitter handle. Thank you very much for for having me on. All right. Well, thank you for joining me to discuss dealing with the experience required paradox. Absolutely. 